Namaskaram, my friends. This is the Activists Anonymous podcast by the Bravo Foundation. My name is Pietro, and I plan to be with you weekly talking about the world, activism, veganism, philosophy, and more. Essentially, how we can all live consciously and ultimately together. I have here with me my sister. Her name is Lives. Um, beyond that, she is my best friend, my twin flame, and honestly, without her, I wouldn't be here speaking to you today. And I'll get more into that later. Lives, introduce yourself. Hey guys. <laughs> That's about all you're gonna hear from her. Um, she'll interject occasionally, but she's here mainly for moral support. Anyway, it is our inaugural episode, so if you're tuning in, much love and light to you as it means the world to us. Hopefully we can repay you for your time taken out of your day to listen with something that resonates in your soul and makes you happy. And don't be afraid to tell a friend or two or 17 if you think they might love it as much as you do. Um, since this is our first go at this, I want to tell you guys a bit about the Bravo Foundation and why we are here. So we're a nonprofit, non-governmental organization based out of upstate New York. And the past couple of years before COVID stranded us back home, we had been traveling around the world, taking on different projects with various communities with whatever we could get involved in. If you read our bio, it mentioned a couple of our past ones like teaching English at universities in Southeast Asia, um, um, earthquake earthquake relief in Puerto Rico, and we document all of our projects on our Instagram, which is at Bravo Foundation, so definitely check that out if you get the chance. Um, we're also able to team up with a local greenhouse when we first arrived home for quarantine in order to promote carbon offsetting ideas like growing your own food or planting your own trees or shrubs to give back to the earth and the community. And now that this collaboration has come to an end for the summer season, we're preparing to start traveling again soon and resuming international projects. So as our main approach to our outreach and raising all this said awareness is typically hands-on, uh, we figured what a better time to start sharing it even more so virtually. We interpreted it as if we are doing outreach to however many people are tuning in every week. But, my friends, the, uh, the root reason of everything we do is to truly just raise awareness about what is going on in the world and the actual problems that billions of people face day in and day out. If you're someone who was lucky enough to be raised in a developed country like the United States or elsewhere, there's a chance we don't know any problems other than what we consider our own. It wasn't until I started traveling personally that I came to the realization of this. We are usually so focused on our lives and personal growth that we tend to forget or are just plainly in the dark about how much better we have it than most people already. And it makes our constant push in life to become rich or famous or to have everything we've ever wanted beyond our wildest dreams and stress over the process seem so obsolete. It makes you question everything. And if you've ever learned about our societal standards of each individual's life, then you know exactly what I mean. Um, greed seems to be instilled within us from childhood as we constantly want more and more, no matter how much we already have. Over time, as fire is covered by smoke and a mirror is covered by dust, human beings similarly become covered by different degrees of lust. Covering up 
the true aura of our souls. The ones with the most in this world materialize like the celebrities and CEOs and whoever it may be you hear about on daily social media have the power to change so much and yet seem to do so little. Anyhow, I thought it would be a cool way to launch this podcast, um, how I illustrated a little bit of everything I just mentioned, plus now to share the story on how this all began for us. Perhaps it will motivate you to find your story to be more aware of an epiphany when one presents itself, because that's exactly what happened to me. Um, as head of this foundation, this is my personal story, and in turn, what was the ultimate catalyst for me starting the nonprofit? So to tell you the story, we have to go back about three years. Um, I was living in upstate New York full time, and this was um, the time in my life where I, I really didn't know who I was anymore. I, um, I was at a job that I didn't like. I was modeling for a couple of years. And it, at first, I loved it. I mean, I got to travel, meet a ton of people, and it, it, it opened up a lot of doors for me. But towards the end, I felt myself becoming a person I, I didn't like. So, um, and I was in a toxic relationship at the time. Um, I was kind of with a person I considered to be my best friend, and I, I didn't see her as more than that at the time and I, I really didn't know how to tell that to her so we kind of stayed together and just things kept happening but anyway uh, my sister was graduating from high school at the time and she didn't want to stay in the area either she's like I mean my friends are just they don't motivate me to do what I want to do so let's just go somewhere else and I'm like you know what let's do it I mean we both need a change let's just see what happens luckily enough we had friends in Mexico <clears throat> that were living there and we were able to go stay with them um a little bit so we we moved down there we had plans to get jobs and um we got there and my sister was already uh she already started her job i had i had some money saved up for modeling and whatnot and i actually had a had an interview scheduled where she was working um she was selling selling timeshares and i, I had an interview one of the mornings and I was up the night before and something was just telling me not to go. Um, I don't know what it was, but something within me just told me not to go. And we woke up the next morning and she's like trying to wake me up. She's like, come on, you got to get up. You got to do this for me or else it's going to look bad on me. I'm like, I'm like, Lips, I'm sorry, I, I can't go. Like something inside of me is telling me not to go. So I uh, spent some time exploring the area while she went to work. The first week I was there, I, I bought a bicycle. I was biking around. And in the area of Mexico we were in, it's actually Cabo San Lucas. I don't know if anyone, um, I don't know if you guys know that area, but there's definitely an affluence uh, part of the city. But on top of that, uh, I mean, if you go five blocks back from the main part, you you begin to understand the gentrification and the dilapidation sets in and the, there's actual slums to the area and these were the areas I were I was exploring um so I'm riding my bike one day and like I said this is this is a dilapidated area and there's, there's not much green around that's just it's an arid land there's a lot of um I mean we were right on the coast luckily so there was there was sand there were beaches 
but other than that, everything was dirt and not a lot of um not a lot of wildlife or um or or trees anything growing um so I was riding my bike one day and i i I come across this compound and it's it's full of color and trees there's palm trees there's a there's a there's a whole soccer field there's a basketball court everything's painted vibrant colors something you didn't see in that area it was just an anomaly to the eyes so I go up to it and I go inside and it's a it's a children's home i I start talking to the director and he's like telling me about the place what they do these kids are here because a their parents can't afford to take care of them or they were just completely abandoned and he's always he, um he's like we're always looking for volunteers and i said you know what why not i i have nothing else to do i've done volunteer work um previously in my life like summer camps and I, and i always loved it but it wasn't to anything um this meaningful of what I ended up getting into and I I started there and the kids became like my family and they because they have no they have no father figures in their lives they had um I mean no parents at all so coming in every day these kids would run up to me and hug me and immediately they'd want to go play or show me something new from school and I I absolutely fell in love with it I mean I ended up I ended up there about six months. Uh, I went back and forth a couple times, but probably six months in total. And like I said, these these kids became my family. There were about thirty five kids, and it's something I'll I'll never forget. That was what made me want to do what I'm doing right now. But before we get there, there's more. So about a week in at the children's home, I'm riding my bike there every day. And it's a it's like a five mile bike ride there and five miles back, and by the time I I'm there all day. So but by the time I leave, it's it's dark out and the the neighborhoods I'm going through, like I said, um, not not the safest places, and there's not really it's not really well lit. So I'm I'm riding my bike and I got my music in, so I can't really hear what's going on around me. And I'm coming down this hill, and I'm, I'm seeing this this bus. It stopped at a light, and the the light turns green. So I start going with the bus, and I'm and I'm flying down this hill. So I go, I start to go on the side of the bus, and all of a sudden, this bus slams on its brakes, and and in my mind, I'm like, oh no, what's going on? And before you know it, I see this car pull out into the intersection. And I, and I'm, like I said, I'm flying down. So I go right over the front of the car. Um, no helmet, no pads, anything on me. I flew about 20 feet. I must've flipped in the air at least twice. And when people tell you they get in a car accident or an accident and it's in slow motion, they're not lying to you. It was, it's as if I was just suspended in the air twirling. Um, and I finally came down and I I popped right back up. I felt like nothing happened, but come to find out later that was the adrenaline. Um, so I popped right back up and I kind of just look at the car that hit me and I just shook my head and I just, I just kept on going, like got back on my bike and kept on going. 
there was really nothing else I could have done. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Mexico of all places in neighborhoods that people can barely take care of themselves, probably not going to be helped by insurance. So I just, I just kept going. So I finally get home and actually as soon as I arrived home, my, my bike tire ended up popping cause it was so messed up from the crash. And as soon as I got in, in my driveway, the bike part, the bike tire popped. So it was kind of, it was cool that it lasted, but it was kind of a sign. I was like, okay, that, that bike's done for, uh, but at least got me home and I go inside. Do you remember when I came inside? No, I was actually in the pool and you were, I was on the phone and you were probably pacing back and forth for maybe 10 minutes until mm-hmm. I looked over and I noticed you had a huge bump on the side of your, like, your eye or your forehead. And, of course, you acted like nothing happened. <laughs> well, but, I mean... Oh, my God, it was so scary. I was like, what the... What happened? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I didn't I didn't feel anything at first. But, um, I, like, I, I realized as soon as I got home... I didn't want you to see it, so I was kind of trying to hide it. But, yeah, I didn't realize until I got home that my head was that messed up. And no lie, guys, like, it was the size of a baseball. Absolutely. Um, so I, like, had to go to the doctors. I don't think I went the next day, but the day after. Um, I obviously had to, I emailed the um, director of the children's home, and I told him hey, I won't be there for a couple of days. I kind of got hit by a car. <laughs> so I went to the doctors, and this is the point where that led me to change my whole life. Um I walk into his office and he looks at me because they did, they did some x-rays and luckily it wasn't, wasn't too expensive because I was, I mean, in the area I was in. Um, but he looks at me and he's like, I don't know how or why you're standing in front of me right now. You have no internal bleeding. You have no broken bones. Nothing Nothing is wrong with you except for the bump on your head. I don't know how or why, but something or someone is looking over you, and you are meant to be here in this moment. And just telling the story still, I get chills about it because in that moment I knew I, I was meant to be in Mexico at that children's home. I knew I was meant to be there. And that kind of led me to just changed my life from there. And like I mentioned earlier, I was in this relationship um, when I, before I left and we were kind of still together when I went down there. Um, We were, I mean, we were distancing at that point and um, I was kind of doing everything I could to save it. And I I think she, she ended up meeting someone else and I just, it, it, it just killed me. And I, I was, like I said, I was doing everything to save it, like saying, oh, I'll come back and we'll work it out. I, it just, every, everything I could think of, but it just, it wasn't working. And she started seeing this other guy and it, it kind of just, it killed me inside because I knew I had pushed her to that point. And it was like, wow, this is, this is, it's absolutely my fault. Like I'm, I deserve this. And I just, I couldn't get through to her and she was like, no, I'm going to see this new guy. And I had, at this point, I had never meditated in my whole life. Um, where we were living at our friend's house, they had a, they had a roof that you could go up to and sit on. 
And one night I just, I couldn't sleep because her and I were fighting and I just, I knew it was, it was over and it was, it seemed an impossible feat to get through to her. So I had watched this documentary before and like the night before, and it was, it was about meditation and I had never, I had never looked into that before. Like my whole life was, was about sports and working out and, and masculinity and just everything everything you would imagine about being an egocentric male um that that was my life before that and i had never i had never done any introspection or meditation or or even been conscious about this stuff beforehand so i went up to the roof and i'm like you know what? i'm just going to sit down and give it a go and i and i sat there for 2 hours with my eyes closed and from from where our house was, you could kind of hear um, the noises of the of the better part of the city. So there was like little car horns honking, and and the wind was blowing, and you, and we were right by the coast, so you could hear the waves crashing. And it was just in that moment, it was just so serene, and it was kind of like I just let go of everything, and that's when I knew just this this whole series of events I I knew it was my life was going to be different from then on out and I, I like I said I sat there for two hours with my eyes closed and just focusing on my breathing and eliminating all my thoughts that came into my head and after the two hours I just I stood up and I'm like this is this is it it's time to move on and my my new life starts here so yeah, from there, um, like I said, I, I went back and stayed a couple times, and I was there for a total of about six months. And to encapsulate that hotel, I mean, in order to find, in order for one to find themselves, one must first completely be lost. I had, I had nothing. I had nothing at that point. I, I let go of everything, and that's when I truly started to discover myself and and my purpose in this life and it was only when I became uncomfortable that was the only time I could truly access my feelings I hadn't I had never done that in my life before um whether it was nurture or nature I I I bottled everything up that was just what I did um but it, it everything just changed from that point um this is something that occurred in my life unexpectedly and it's honestly made me the happiest person I have ever been to this day so please my friends if you learn anything anything from this today have an open mind to this world because you will discover things about it and about yourself that you could never even fathom in this moment in time and if you dare to abandon all normalities of modern society you allow yourself at least the chance to become conscious about what you are meant to do. Um, and, I, and I truly mean what you're meant to do, not what your parents or family or professors or the government says you should do with your life, what you are meant to do and who you are meant to become. We're not portraying in our outreach at the Bravo Foundation, we're not portraying that everyone has to relinquish their current livelihoods and start non-for-profits or anything of that sort. We only hope to galvanize your energy, your chi, your, your kundalini to the point of action 
do anything you can to help others and become more conscious about yourself and the world around you. Um, I would say just question everything because things aren't always as they seem. It's, it's rare that they are. And if we at the Bravo Foundation can only influence one person's life, then that right there is more than we had done before. That one person can turn around and do the same to another or even more so, thus initiating this infectious butterfly effect that makes corrupt establishments nervous that we finally are waking up in this informational age that, ironically, they, they built for us. Um, I, I realize I'm off on tangent now, but we want you to feel something deep inside you and to know that you're never alone. In fact, we plan to be here with you every week, uh, maybe more, maybe less. But if you follow along um, on Instagram, it's at Bravo Foundation. We are there as well, um, bringing you daily stories and posts on all radically progressive matters for the people, for the animals, and for the world. You can DM us there if you'd like to talk about anything we mentioned this week or have suggestions for future episodes, or if you're in the Rochester area and would like to be on an episode, if you feel like you have a story to tell or a topic to discuss, um, I'd love to make that happen as well. But until next week, my friends, namaskaram.